Hello, and thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench. This show has been created and designed by former judge Fred M. Mosley. Please stay connected as you will learn more about the laws of life, how it applies to your life, and so much more. Buckle in. May we bow. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hello, fellow listeners. This is Alexis with Mosley's Bench. Today on the bench, we have the judge with us, and today's topic is spiritual law and angels, Hebrew 1.14. Angels of God are spiritual beings to minister to the heirs of salvation. The only way they can be energized to function on our behalf is by us professing the word of God to cause them to be activated in the circumstances of our lives. Judge Mosley, I'm going to turn the show over to you. Thank you very much, Alexis. The laws of life and angels are kingdom laws and angels, are spiritual laws and angels. These laws are absolute divine rules that govern the consequences of our actions. And as we shared with you before, in order to refer a law of life as being such, what we do is that we garner numerous Old Testament scriptures as well as numerous New Testament scriptures, and they all come together to establish each of these laws of life. So again, today we're going to be sharing with you the laws of life and angels and how the laws of life apply to the activity of the angelic world. Most believers have no understanding or revelation as it relates to the unseen world. We're totally in bondage to that which we can see and make contact with with our natural senses. But before getting too deeply into what we want to share today, let's look at one or two more scriptures as it relates to the angelic, our two angelic beings and how they relate to us and how they are activated. Psalms 91.11 says to us, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. That's an absolute in that verse of Scripture. For he shall, that's an absolute, give his angels charge over thee, charge over you and me and many, many others, to keep thee in not some of their ways, not part of their their ways, but in all of our ways. Let's look at another scripture dealing with angels found in Matthew 18.10. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, listen to this closely, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. The angelic 
angelic beings are real. In fact, the spiritual world is more real than the natural world that we live in. But as I mentioned earlier, most believers, and certainly just but all non-believers, are totally confined to this natural realm, and we have no concept of the supernatural realm, the spiritual realm, and how there are angelic beings, and those angelic beings are assigned to one or more believers. Or every, every believer has at least one angel. But now along with the angelic forces that are out there, there are demonic forces that we cannot see. But our subject today deals with primarily the laws of life and angels. If you were to ask a person, do they believe in angels? Some will say yes, many will say no. And those who say yes, if you were to ask them, have they ever had an angelic visitation or an experience that causes them to recognize, realize, and appreciate the fact that there is an angelic world. Now, I perceive that I have had several angelic visitations. And I'm going to share one or two with you before we get more deeply into our sharing today. Is that I remember when I first uh, became eligible to receive my driver's license, and in the state that I was in at the time, it was 16 years of age, you could get a learner's permit at 15, and you could qualify for your driver's license at 16. Well, I had got my driver's license, and my father allowed me to have his vehicle to go out on, on, on this particular night. And admittedly, I went a few places that uh, was not on the schedule for me to go, but being a teenager, I took some liberties having my dad's car out and about. Well, I decided to stop and get a soft drink and a candy bar or something such as that. I've forgotten exactly what. That goes back a few years now. Somehow, Alexis, and I still don't know how this happened, but somehow I left the engine of the car running, and I got out of the car and locked the door. Didn't recognize what I had done until I went into the store, got from the storekeeper what I uh, had gone in to get, the soft drink and a candy or cookie or whatever it was. Got back to the car and, of course, could not open the car because I had locked it and the engine was still running. I continued to walk around the car, and I was a believer at the time in my teenage years, and I began to pray as I went around, walked around and around the car, just totally bewildered, didn't know what I was going to do. And shortly thereafter, while I'm walking around the car praying, a 16-year-old young man, a man walks up and asks me, son, what is the problem? And I said to him that I had locked the, my car, my dad's car, left the engine running, and did not have a spare key, and I had no way of getting into the car. This man, in physical form, said to me, that I have a car just like that car, and I have my keys to my car with me. Perhaps this key will open your door. 
Alexis, he walked over to my automobile and my dad's car, took his key from his pocket, put it in the driver's door, opened the door, waved to me, and walked off. Now, Alexis, I'm sure many would try to convince me that that was just happenstance. It was just luck, just something that worked in my favor. No, 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 no. I know better than that. And and I, I was 16 years of age at the time, and that was more than 50 years ago. I still remember it vividly that I had an angelic visitation, and that was an angel that Came, up, came upon me in the form of a human being, did what I needed to do as a result of my, me praying in that situation. And to that day, from that day, I have no question in my mind, I have no doubt whatsoever that there are angelic forces out there and that every one of us or each of us, we have at least one angel assigned to us to provide and protect us and do those things that need to be done and especially for us to carry out the purpose that God has for us on this earth. Angels are real. But unfortunately, many believers are totally unaware of the existence of the angels of God. Now, as I mentioned before, and we're not going to take time in this particular session to talk about those other beings, spiritual beings, which are demons, and they are real also. But I want to share one more quick example of an angelic presence. My wife and I were in a parking lot. Not a, well, one of these lots where is, uh, uh, well, I can't describe it as well as I like to, but it was a parking lot of a number of stores that um, we were going in and out of. And um, what occurred was that I thought I had driven through and out of the parking lot. No, I thought I was still in the parking lot as we were driving away. Unfortunately, I had exited the parking lot and had driven onto a main thoroughfare. And Alexis, when I looked out of my driver's window, there was a car barreling down on me at at least 50 or 60 miles an hour in a residential area. And that car was so close to me, I could almost reach out and touch it as it was speeding right towards my door. And then all of a sudden, the car was turned away and went around my front end and did not touch the car that I was driving at all. Now, some would attempt to explain that in a way that it was just luck again that I got by and it was just a happenstance or coincidence. I know that. There was an angelic presence that literally turned that car away from my vehicle. And if that car had hit me at the speed that it was traveling, I probably would have been killed. And certainly if I were killed, I wouldn't be here today sharing this season. The angelic angelic beings are real. Angelic forces are likewise real. And, and angels are assigned to us as the heirs of salvation. And let's take a short break and get back to a little bit more about angels and the laws of life. 
Today you are listening to former Judge Fred M. Mosley as he talks about and educates us about one of his laws of life. To find out about all 50 laws of life, please go to anotherchancemedia.org and pre-order his book and workbook. Back to you, Judge Mosley. Now, in order to activate the angels that are assigned to us, the only way we can activate our angels is by and through the word of God. I'm going to repeat that. The only way we can activate our angels is by and through the word of God. The angels that are assigned to the believing community, I would submit to you that most of those angels are sitting with their hands and their arms folded because they are not being given the necessary charge that they must have in order to be activated on our behalf. So first of all, in order to activate your angels, first of all, you have to recognize that you have at least one angel assigned to you. But in order to keep that angel activated, causing those things that need to occur for your benefit, you have to use the word of God to charge those angels in order for them to activate and do those things that need to be done for you. And I would suggest that one way, which always includes the word of God, is to use one or more laws of life to activate the angel or the angels that are assigned to you for a specific purpose that God has given to you. Now, most believers, based upon the words that they utter, and I don't know whether or not we've gotten to the law of words in this series or not. If we have not, we will. But by our words, are we justified? And by our words, are we condemned? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So therefore, in order to activate our angels, certainly we cannot talk uh, a language of fear because fear is the opposite of faith. So if if I'm expecting an angel or angels assigned to me to function in a given setting, and if I'm speaking words that exhibit fear and worry and anxiety, I cannot expect the angels that are assigned to me to be activated and carry out Uh, assist me in carrying out the purpose of the assignment that has been given to me. So my angels, if I'm talking in fear, doubt, and unbelief, they are not going to be activated on my behalf. But if I'm speaking that words that are consistent with faith, well, we know without faith it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have to speak words of faith and not doubt and not unbelief to activate the angel or the angels that have been assigned to us. Well, suppose, and I'm sure you, Alexis, have heard people, and I know I have, and maybe at some point in time I operated this way, and maybe you also there are some people who murmur all the time. They're constantly murmuring and complaining. Now, will that kind of activity activate 
your angel or your angels. I submit to you, no, it will not, because those are not sounds of faith. Those are sounds of unbelief and doubt. So a person who has angels assigned to him or her and is a person who's murmuring and complaining and always has something negative to say, that person's angel or angels are sitting dormant. And if that individual, although they may be born again, they may be believers, but the angels are not activated to cause things to happen in a positive way on uh, in their behalf. Going down a list of those things that causes our angels not to be activated, one other way is unforgiveness. And we've talked about unforgiveness in this series already. If I'm carrying art against somebody else, and especially I'm carrying it and I'm speaking it uh, uh, verbally. Can I expect my angels to be activated when I'm speaking verbally? Certainly you can speak verbally and you can speak in your heart, and it does not have to be a verbal utterance. But if I am maintaining the position of unforgiveness towards someone else, I would submit to you that that probably would affect in a negative way my angels being activated to bring about those things that I'm praying for, asking God to cause to happen. Vision is the same. Suppose I'm operating in jealousy, Alexis, and I'm, I'm a very, very jealous person because I think everybody else is getting advantage over me. There's so many things that I would like to do that I might have been unable to do, and I see other people doing something similar. They're getting many acclaims for what they are doing, and here I am wanting some of these things to happen in my life, and I'm jealous of other people, my angels are being held in abeyance. And we can go on and on and on in many other ways that we're holding our angels hostage because we are not speaking the words of God in that particular situation. With, and I should also add this because it's very important, not only speaking the word of God binds through a law of life, but also our actions being our actions corresponding to the words that we are speaking. Now, there are some who perhaps will make faithful utterances, but their actions contradict what they're saying. If I'm making utterances basically saying, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, and then I'm doing something that's totally opposite of that word, then I I am not really speaking in faith. I'm not speaking the words of God clearly and unabatedly wherein I can energize the angels who are assigned to me. So there are ways that we can frustrate the angelic forces that have been assigned to us even though we may have spoken words that are consistent with Scripture, if our actions do not correspond to the words that we are speaking. Another quick example of angelic presence. 
my wife and I taught at a homeless shelter for over 10 years. And we would teach once a week, and we taught the laws of life. And after one session, well, before I get there, there was a lady, a young lady in the congregation that we were sharing with. And I noticed her eyes were just fixed on me and my wife. And then after we had completed our lesson, she came up to where we were standing. And she said to the two of us, that I saw a seven-foot angel standing over you and your wife. Sometimes God will allow even others to see the angelic presence that he has assigned to what he has called you to do. So, Alexis, I don't know whether or not this gives you some impression of what happens with the angelic forces and angelic beings, but hopefully our listeners today get at least some inkling of how important it is for us to recognize the fact that there are angelic forces, that they are as real as anything that we can see in the natural, although in most instances we do not see them because they are supernatural beings. But the mere fact that they're supernatural beings does not cause them to be any less real. And we are really hindering that which we could accomplish in the body of Christ and for the kingdom of God if we're totally unaware of the fact that we have angelic forces assigned to us and how to activate those angelic forces that the Spirit of God has revealed to us and has assigned to us. So it's a very, very important area for the believing community to have more information concerning and especially in these last days and the turbulent times in which we are living. Alexis, anything you want to add or any questions you might have at this point? I just wanted to share a unique experience because I... I, too, um, do believe that there are spirits and or angels and or the people who have passed can come back to visit us in divine and or unusual ways. Because a couple of months ago, I was asleep and I was visited by my grandmother. Although I could not have a conversation with her, uh, she was I in my dream able to get the meaning of what she was trying to tell me, and what she was trying to tell me was I needed to pay closer attention and to check up on somebody in the family because something possibly could be going wrong. So because of that, I decided to take heed, and when I spoke to the person about it, the person was like, well, X, Y, Z is happening, and I don't understand what's going on. So I was able to take care of the situation to prevent something bigger from happening. So yes, I do believe 
that we all have spirits and we all have angels looking out for us. And if we live our life in a way where we can activate them, our lives could change for the better and blessings would come our way. Anita, do you have anything you would like to share? Yes, I was just going to ask some questions. Um, Judge, do um, angels have different roles or different kinds of jobs? Well, yes, they do, Anita. Good question. And there are angels for protection, and there are angels that are messenger angels, and there are angels who have even other functions, but those two primarily, and there are many, many scriptural references to angels that were assigned. They're referred to as warring angels. And if you recall the account of scripture, I think Daniel had prayed for an answer to his prayer, and uh, that answer had not materialized in the physical realm, and God sent his warring angel, I think it was Gabriel, and to break through the forces of darkness to get that message through to Daniel. And that angel, Gabriel, said to um, Daniel, and I hope I've got my angels right here because I don't have my Bible right ahead of me, but I knew it was a warring angel that was sent, and that warring angel said to Daniel that the very moment that he prayed, that his prayer had been answered, but that he was withstood by the forces of evil, and it took him several days to get that message to Daniel. So, yes, there are angels who have specific. Well, let's look at the New Testament. Uh, The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, those are messenger angels bringing forth messages concerning his birth. So, absolutely, there are angels who have specific assignments to do a certain work in the lives of believers. And I want to digress a minute and go back to the comment that Alexis made. And Alexis, we, we want to examine whether or not a deceased relative or a deceased individual can actually make a visitation with us. But I think we can accept the fact that God can get a message through to us by and through someone that is very close to us. And I perceive maybe that's what happened in the instance. Was that your mother, your grandmother? I'm sorry. Which was it? It was my grandmother. Um, your grandmother. She just, yeah, she just came into my dream. And, like, I, or like, when I realized she was in my dream, every scene after that was about the specific family member that the message was about. And the way I perceive that, instead of it being an angelic, appearance. I get more of a witness that it was a notice and warning setting for you. And God used somebody that he knew that you listened to in a dream to cause you to pay attention to what was being said and the instructions that were being given. But I don't know whether or not we can take that to the level of being an angelic presence 
but I do clearly see that it would be a circumstance under the law of notice and warning where there was a message that God wanted to get to you, and he, he knew the best way to get it to you was to a dream and someone that you recognize in the dream. And I've had similar dreams concerning my mother, messages that I needed to get, and it came to me buying through a dream with my mother in the dream, making certain statements to me or giving me certain instructions or directions. Any other questions? I have another question. Yes, I, yes. Have, I have another question. Okay, Anita. Um, I, how do you know that you are really hearing from an angel from God, or maybe it would be a demon? Well, yes. We definitely need to be able to make that observation and have a good clarification. First of all, any any, any appearance that you get from an angelic being that is of God, it is always going to be something that's consistent with the word of God. It's going to be consistent, certainly with scripture. It's going to be consistent with the assignment that God has given to you, and it will not in any way, form, or fashion violate any scriptures whatsoever. Where on the other hand, if something purporting to be an angelic presence, which very well could be a demon, that is trying to manipulate you to do something that violates the word of God, then you will know that is not an angel from God, but it's a demonic spirit spirit trying to disguise itself as an angelic presence from Father God. Now, in order to know that, you've got to know your Bible. You've got to know what the word of God says in a particular situation because otherwise the enemy can be a great deceiver and can counterfeit in a way to cause one to think that it is a word from God and it would not be a word from God and that it is not a messenger from God, but it's a demon from the pit of hell. But good question. And that's an area that most believers have to be very, very careful. Can I have another question? Do we have time? Yes, go ahead, please. Okay. Um, sometimes people will say that when a certain person dies, that they become an angel and watch over you. I've and heard I don't that think that's consistent. Yeah. I, I've heard that said also, Anita, and I don't, I, I don't, I'm not aware of any scriptural reference that supports that. No, and I really see that it's a deception from the enemy. I'm sorry, what did you say? A lot, of, a lot of people will say that at funerals or if they've lost a child or they've lost a mother, they'll say, well, this person has gone to heaven and watching over me as an angel. So I, not I know that's angel. not correct, but a lot of people do believe that. Yes, they do, and I, I don't. As I said, I'm not aware of any scripture support for that because we do not transform in our eternal state into an angelic person. We remain as we were. But we just have that body that is no longer a natural body, but it's a supernatural body that we have. And that's not the word, best word you saying supernatural, but it's not, it's no longer a natural body that we have. And we do not, we certainly do not convert into an angelic being. Once we leave uh, 
this earth and move on into the eternal state, we do not convert to an angelic being. Absolutely not. We only have a couple of minutes left. So any final thoughts on today's topic, Judge Murphy? Well, final thoughts would be, and there's a scripture that says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And this is one area, along with many, many others, and this is why we are assigned to teach these laws of life, is because the body of Christ is perishing for a lack of knowledge as it relates to these laws of life, as it relates to spiritual law. There's so much erroneous thinking that has taken place in the body of Christ, as Anita pointed out, a couple of questions that she had and that you had, the concepts that many believers have concerning eternal matters, spiritual matters, that are completely erroneous, that cannot be at all supported by way of any spiritual references, and certainly not by, by way of any scriptural references, I should say. And the enemy is taking advantage of the body of Christ because we do not know we're operating in many instances in ignorance. And I don't say that to be demeaning because I'm learning as I share this series. But I would just implore those who are listening that we need, if there ever were a time, we need to dig deeper into the word of God and just assign this, commit yourself to read through the Bible in a year's time. It's not impossible to do. And whereas at least you can have a working understanding of what the word says, where you can't be deceived by the enemy. So hopefully, as we have had this discussion today, it will energize those who are listening to do much more about we're preparing ourselves to understand the natural realm, but more importantly, the supernatural realm. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench with former Judge Fred M. Mosley. To get more information on Fred M. Mosley, Mosley's Bench, The Laws of Life, or the nonprofit organization Justice Ministries, please tune in to the website at lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministriesintl.com. Once again, that's lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministries, intl.com. Thank you.